Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and thank you very much for being here. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of different stuff to talk about today. I am getting a little bit later of a start than we are normally used to on the uh, the Monday episode. Uh, so the market is actually open right now. It's around 10.54 a.m. as I am uh, starting to record this one. And uh, it's looking like those gains right now are going to the Dow. The Dow is up about uh, 146 points. That's about 0.4%. Uh, NASDAQ is down marginally at 0.08% uh, and the S&P is only up 2.4 points, which is 0.05%. So uh, the the Dow is uh, you know kind of commanding that lead and uh, really the only thing we're seeing gains in right now. So some of that is to do with the uh, the CME, the FedWatch tool, really what these target rates are going to be looking like for uh, the next meeting, which is actually the 26th of July. Uh, that's 16 days from now. And uh, we've got 92.4% of people saying that we will get a 25 basis point hike at that meeting. So that's going to mean, once again, that you know rates are going up. Things are going to be more expensive to borrow. And uh, yeah, that makes it a little bit harder for those NASDAQ names, those smaller tech names that need to raise more capital in order to operate their businesses. Now, I, I do say that with a grain of salt, right? The, the top 10 names in the market are now worth about uh, 14.37 trillion. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, Apple, Microsoft, Saudi Aramco, um, Alphabet, Amazon, NVIDIA, Tesla, Berkshire. Uh, they are still setting record prices. Uh, we've got Meta and uh, Taiwan Semi. So those names are uh, a lot of the market right now. But if they have smaller companies that they need this uh, this capital raise and they need the investment, I mean, that, that cost of capital is getting really, really pricey out there. So that has a lot to do with why the NASDAQ is trading sideways. Some names are going to win. Uh, some have already already done that. Some are you know cooling a little bit after some of these massive runs. We're also coming into earnings season. Uh, so ultimately, we're going to see what uh, some of these names are actually going to be reporting uh, within the next couple of weeks. So I really took that into account when I was looking at names for the investing challenge for this week. Uh, we've talked about that before. We got that earnings and we were kind of buying the same day as earnings was coming out and it just timed up poorly. And we lost on a smaller startup name, uh, which some of these do have earnings coming out. Uh, a little bit closer than I would probably like, uh, seeing that we'll be buying these in a week from today. And then they're going to have earnings out uh, that next week. But uh, these names, the ones that I'm looking at are, I think, a, a lot more uh, you know, versatile, uh, a lot safer, and they don't really have uh, as much of a tie to the, the Fed funds rate as some of those high-flying tech stock startup names are going to have. So uh, I did look at that this time. I, I don't want to make the same mistake twice. So uh, we are certainly you know, narrowing down this list of the stocks that we really think are going to be uh, you know, good to purchase right here. And uh, you know, I did buy a couple things. I did add to that uh, United Health uh, position that I was talking about. I think I got in at 465 uh, last week. And uh, then I think it proceeded to go up. I, I actually got out of some in, uh, NVIDIA around 431. Uh, actually, 
United Health is down, uh, down to around 460 right now. So maybe a good time to add a little bit more um, uh, based on the earnings and all the other things that we've looked at. The PE is around 21. I still like United Health a lot. Uh, NVIDIA, uh, they are traded down. So this one went down as well as United Health. I got out of NVIDIA some of my shares around 431.50. And now we're sitting at 420.92. So went from uh, one to the other and uh, trying to balance out those positions. So, um, yeah, so I've got that. We've got, uh, what else we got? We've got, um, let me get back to this article here that I was looking at. Uh, well, one, we've got Google. They said that they are delaying the release of their planned custom semiconductor chips for phones. Uh, they're going to be sticking with the Samsung technology until 2025. We've also got uh, Rivian. They are looking to, uh, you know, get into final negotiations with Amazon to sell their vans to other companies, and uh, I definitely think that is going to be a main uh, mover for them. That is going to be the the Rivian model. I, I, you know, I was thinking about this one. I really like the fact that they have done really what no other EV company has really set out to do. I know the Model Y is, you know, the number one selling SUV. But uh, in my mind, it's a it's a big sedan, really. It's a small crossover. I don't really see it as a big SUV, typical you know U.S. American SUV. Rivian, however, they started with the truck. Uh, they're coming out with the, uh, the the SUV is on the market. The R1S, the R1T is the truck. R1S is the SUV, and they've also got these delivery vans. So I like their positioning where they are going after. Uh, that market that is really, um, you know, American based, right? That is kind of where every other uh, automotive maker has really kind of trended to over the past few years is SUVs and trucks. Uh, Ford got out of the whole sedan thing. They, they've still got, uh, you know, with the, the Mustang Mach-E. Uh, they have the Mustang as the performance vehicle, but they really got out of all other sedans. And we've kind of seen that trend uh, to where everyone wants these crossover uh, SUVs that do a little bit more and they have a little bit more uh, size than a typical sedan would have. So I like the fact that uh, Rivian is actually going after that market. Uh, I'm still uh, uncertain as to how this is going to play out, which EV names are really going to win. Uh, I do like Rivian. I do like Lucid. Uh, you know, Lucid is going to be more into the, uh, the cars, the uh, luxury space, which uh, I think that they're going to have to add some other models uh, and get some real production out there. Uh, I don't haven't seen many of those on the East Coast. I'm sure there's more on the West Coast, but um, uh, yeah, Rivian is actually moving up about six percent today, um, and it's saying that Amazon has made about 1.8 billion on Rivian stock in just eight trading days. That's a uh, pretty substantial here. We've got uh, they are ra rallying towards a new nine-day win streak. That was uh, just this morning. So uh, we've definitely got some uh, some moves happening. As they've got some uh, price targets raised by about 20%. Uh, Dan Ives raised the stock price to about 30. Uh, they got firm demand for its unique model lineup. I do think it's unique as well. I, I you know, just said that. So uh, I definitely think that their positioning and the vehicles that they are making really make sense. Uh, again, that cost of capital is going to be expensive. Their EPS is a negative $7.09. So that is a, a big hole to climb out of. We really need to get that funding and be able to have the production to raise uh, you know, enough revenue in order to keep building new vehicles and really staying on track for uh, you know, everything that they've got going. They, they've really got to get a lot of uh, capital in the door uh, to be able to 
really innovate and uh, keep going, keep churning along. Uh, and we'll see what happens there. But I, I do like the uh, the positioning. Uh, now we've got uh, also, I believe it was, I believe it was Mercedes. Let me uh, let me get back to this one, uh, saying that they were, yeah, Mercedes. They said uh, today, actually, this was uh, two days ago in North America, they will adopt Tesla's NACS charging standard from 2025, and they will also get t- uh, access to 12,000 more of Tesla superchargers from that next year. So, uh, man, we've got, uh, you know, another bump for Tesla. As far as I see it, we are really adopting that uh, Tesla style charger. I think that is going to still be massive for that Tesla network. We've talked about the uh, the way that they can get uh, charging stations set up much cheaper than their competitors. And uh, I think it is going to continue to drive more demand for Tesla. Um, so I- I'm definitely curious to see where that goes. Um, and I really do think that that is going to be another line of business that they can really count on going forward. And, uh, I, I think really the, uh, the gas stations, if they aren't already adopting these, uh, chargers, I, I think now that we have a clear winner in the race, I really think we're going to have more of a ramp up of having Tesla style chargers at these gas stations, or they're going to go by the wayside. Uh, it's kind of, I think it's going to be a change as to what we see on the roads in the next 10 years. Uh, I believe Lamborghini also announcing that they just released or just finally produced their last uh, fully internal combustible engine vehicles. And now the uh, the new Revelto, I, I'm not sure I'm saying that right. That is going to be still a V12, but also be, uh, I believe it's a plug-in hybrid or uh, hybrid motor driven also. So, uh, and I think within the next decade, they said that they're going to be releasing an EV as well. So it is uh, kind of crazy out there to see just how quick these changes are happening. But uh, I do believe we're going to have more of an electrified everything. And those gas stations are going to be more and more limited, uh, more ghost towns. And and I mean, we might even see higher prices just for the fact that, uh, you know, they need to at least make some real money on this now that uh, they're not doing the volume that they have been doing in the past. So that'll certainly be a change as well. And uh, I think if you're in that gas station business, you got to start looking at uh, having some of these chargers, even though uh, a lot of people are not going to need them when they are, uh, you know, just running around town, maybe along the interstate or some of those uh, main highways. But not so much, uh, you know, just in town, you're charging at your house or whatever, and, and maybe you don't really need to go to the gas station anymore. So we will see what uh, what that means uh, or the charging stations anymore. But, uh, you know, going forward, uh, I'm looking at what we did for uh, week 28, right? We are halfway through the year and um, we had a vote come out as to what stocks to be buying for week 28. And um, I know we had a couple on here that uh, didn't really get any love. One of those was Disney. Uh, I get it. There's definitely some uh, some turmoil around this name. We did look at this one because we were buying it at this time last year. Bob Iger is uh, looking to extend his contract. He you know, came out of retirement to come back. And uh, now it seems like he just wants to be back in the business. So he is looking for a contract extension. Um, you know, Disney did not get the love this week, but that is okay. Uh, I really thought that this choice of mine, uh, the QQEW, the, uh, NASDAQ equal weighted ETF was going to be a hit. I I really am surprised that this one really didn't get any love either from the standpoint that I, like I said earlier, 
some of these main names in the QQQ have already run up. Uh, so if you buy that one, you're buying an overweighted uh, portion of Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, uh, you know, the list goes on. But uh, when you get the equal weighted one, you're getting all the names in the NASDAQ, that uh, top 100 tech names in an equal portion uh, per uh, share that you buy of this ETF. So if you put in $100, $1 goes to Apple, $1 goes to Microsoft, $1 goes to Intuitive Surgical, and it's very equal as to how it's distribu distributed uh, to really what you're purchasing. So you're not going overly heavy in Apple and Microsoft, but you get an even mix of stocks. And uh, this one really didn't get any love either, which uh, kind of surprises me, especially with the uh, the fact that some of these other names in the NASDAQ are very solid names that uh, really haven't gotten any love yet. So um, I, I guess we'd, we'd probably have to revisit that one. I'm not too sure if no one really understood what equal weighted meant. I thought I explained it okay, but uh, uh, no love there. But uh, yeah, in uh, third place, finisher was going to be Chevron, CVX. And now I still really like a lot of these oil names right here. They have traded down on production cuts and on uh, you know less people really trying to get back out and, and travel, especially if we have a recession. A lot of these fears are just really overblown in my mind. So I feel like once uh, we start uh, getting rate cuts, maybe the end of the year, may, maybe not, I understand, maybe in the you know early part of 24, I really think that some of these, uh, uh, you know, oil companies are going to start churning out more. And uh, we're really going to see a revitalization of people looking to travel, looking to build, get things done. And I thought that, uh, you know, Chevron could be uh, a benefactor of all those moves that are going uh, on in the uh, economy. So I was thinking, you know, kind of maybe, maybe not load up, that might be the wrong word, but buy now and kind of trickle into some more oil names over the next six months. So then when rates start coming back down, uh, you know, a little bit more building is uh, spurred, you know, we could start to see this one roll back up. Buy it at a, on a discount was uh, was my thought here, but I uh, came in third and I completely understand that one as well. Uh, now, number uh, finisher number two here was going to be Bank of America, BAC. Uh, Bank of America, a lot of the same stuff that we've talked about for a while now with uh, the, the banking crisis and a lot of different uh people kind of just getting out of these names. Uh, we do have some more loan losses being realized on this quarter. We do have uh, earnings reports coming out on a lot of banks uh, this week, I believe on Friday. We've got, uh, I think, JP Morgan. Who else we've got? We got Wells Fargo, Citibank. Um, I'm trying to go through my notes here. Um, I think that's uh, the only other bank that I'm seeing. Uh, United Health on Friday. We've got Cintas on Thursday. Uh, Pepsi on Thursday. We've got Fastenal Thursday. Delta on Thursday. Conagra Brands on Thursday. Uh, so there's a lot of different uh, you know news that's going to be coming out. We will ultimately see what's going on with some of these bank stocks uh, at that time. And uh, Bank of America will be reporting on the 18th, which will be next uh, Wednesday, I believe that is. Uh, no, sorry, next Tuesday. And uh, yeah, we'll see what's going on from there. Uh, I still think that this is a good stock. We're, we're going to have a lot of different problems with a lot of the loan losses that are being realized this quarter. Uh, I think that could be a reason that this one has not uh, traded up more at, at this point in time. But uh, I think going forward, we will have some gains on these. 
and uh, you know passing the stress test, gaining uh, that dividend raise of about nine percent. Uh, they actually raised it nine percent over what they're currently paying. So now it is currently yielding three point oh eight percent, twenty two cents a share, and uh, a PE very low at eight point nine. So I thought this one could be safe. Uh, the fact that they can raise and uh, they're they're looking to uh, you know get some more money back out there now that they passed that stress test. Uh, I thought this one could be a good one to buy this week, but uh, ultimately we'll see. We'll wait for uh, earnings to come out. We'll see what happens from there. So, which one are we buying? That's the uh, the million dollar question, right? Uh, that name is going to be Alphabet. Uh, Google G O O G L is the ticker, and uh, I am definitely happy with this one as well. Uh, this one is certainly one of those large companies in the Nasdaq, but uh, it really hasn't run up as much as a lot of the other names. The PE is still very, uh, you know, uh, favorable in, in my mind, right? We're sitting at 26.5. Uh, when you're looking at some of the other names, they're, they're much higher in the 30s, 40s, and the, you know, triple digits, and they're still making a lot of money. They still got a lot of other products that are coming out. And uh, I really believe that they are going to be a long-term buy and hold. And I am comfortable adding this one here. So thank you guys for voting. Uh, we were sitting around 129 at the beginning of June. We have uh, come back on this one. We're sitting at 117 now. We're actually down about 2% today. And what's the actual analyst research looking like here? We do have some strong buys from a couple different uh, analysts. We've got uh, about 13 and a quarter percent of upside. So I'm good with that, right? This one is certainly going to be a long-term hold for me, as I just said. And I would like to add more of this name as it is trading down, and I don't think it should be. So um, let's just take a look out of uh, out of curiosity here. Microsoft, only about 6% of upside. And what's the PE, right? From Google at 26, uh, Microsoft is at 36. I still think that they could be the next uh, $3 trillion company. I still think that they're going to continue to grow, but uh, I'm definitely happy with Google. Uh, Apple, let's take a look at Apple. What's that PE on them? Uh, around 32. So uh, again, Google is trading cheaper than both of those. Uh, granted, Apple and Microsoft do have a small dividend. Uh, I mean, they're a powerhouse of a company as well. Uh, and they're, they're definitely you know the largest out there. But um, yeah, as far as Google, I definitely think that the the places that they're in, the fact that they're looking to build their own chips, they're getting into more of the AI, uh, they're building more hardware. There's just a lot of different things. The advertising is is great for them, and uh, I still think that they're going to find a way to do all of that and put it all together in a complete package. And uh, I don't really know that the uh, the PE really fits the the valuation of what they should be trading at in my mind. Especially when, you know, a oh, spoiler spoiler alert, the one of the names that we're looking at this week because we were buying it last year was Coca-Cola. And when I'm looking at Coca-Cola and compared to Google, you would think, oh, yeah, Coca-Cola, the PE has got to be much cheaper than Google. But um, we're going from Google at uh, 26.5 to Coke KO at a PE of 26.3. Uh, yes, they have a, a 3% dividend, but uh, yes, they're going to be safe. But you, you would normally think that a tech company like Google would be a much richer PE valuation than something like a consumer staple like Coca-Cola. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick little break here. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, the names of the investing challenge for week 29. And uh, yeah, with that being said, I'll be right back. All right. We are back here. 
And uh, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so so that you do not miss any future episodes here on the show. And uh, if you've got someone who's interested in getting started investing, please go ahead and share the, the podcast with them. Uh, if you are not on the Let It Grow Investing page on Facebook and voting in our weekly investing challenge, please get over there and do so. I'd really like to see the numbers uh, on the group and uh, on the votes really start to increase over time. That is uh, definitely one of my goals here on the show is to get more people involved and really understand what you guys are looking at or if you got questions about what stocks that you are looking at in a given week. So uh, please get overhead there and do that as well. And if you're feeling really, uh, you know, going the extra mile, if you can leave me a, a solid review on uh, whatever podcast platform that you are listening, uh, I would greatly appreciate that as well. So yeah, well, we do uh, the investing challenge over there on Weeble. That is a, a definite easy way to get started. There are a lot of different options or uh, offers out there to get some free shares for simply starting an account and putting in as little as a dollar. And uh, yeah, so that is uh, definitely another link that I have in the description. I, I like using that platform. But um, yeah, now going forward, right, we were talking about Coca-Cola. That was going to be the stock that we added uh, this time last year. And uh, yeah, that, that PE, I believe, was a good bit higher. I believe it was in the low 30s and it has traded down. Uh, so at first, at first glance, I was like, man, I, I really do not want to add another consumer staple with the fact that they have run up so much. These PEs are getting stretched. Uh, I could buy Google, right? I could buy Google versus Coca-Cola and be at the same valuation. And I think Google is going to continue to outgrow Coca-Cola, no doubt. But um Man, Coke actually has some decent numbers here, right? The the PE is a, a bit rich, right? It's at a 26.2 on a consumer staple, but we're now getting 3% dividend. Uh, there is some good growth when you're looking at uh, the analyst upside here, right? Uh, so it, it definitely surprised me. So I think sometimes we need to go back and actually look at the names, look at the numbers and do our homework, right? Sometimes it, uh, it's not the obvious name that's out there that could be a good buy for that time period. So this one is rated a buy with uh, 26 analysts uh, averaged out saying this is a, a solid buy here. We've got, um, uh, what do we got here? Price target, 16.8% of upside. And I made a whole list uh, as to what stocks I was looking at this week. And, and that kind of surprised me, right? So we've got 17% of upside and 3% dividend. Uh, and I believe what was uh, Google was 12%, 10% of upside. So yeah, definitely uh, more upside on, on Coca-Cola here, KO. Uh, we've got uh, annual revenue expected to increase about 4.5% this year and 10% by the end of 2024. So a good amount of growth on a typically, you know, uh, blue chip uh, dividend name, right? So that is a pretty decent dividend growth. Over the past year, 4.7%. That dividend payout is a little high, uh, 79%, but they are that kind of cash cow, uh, blue chip dividend king uh, type name. So uh, they, they might be just paying a little bit more just for where they are at uh, in their business cycle, just, just the, the maturity of this company. Uh, dividend coverage, 1.5 times. Uh, it is going to be a low beta name. I, I believe it's at a 0.3. Uh, I'm going to have to get back to that on another one here. We've got uh, Coca-Cola is going to yeah, be a 0.27. So yeah, very low volatility, but decent earnings, double digit uh, revenue growth by the end of 24. I, I like it more than I thought I was going to when I was uh, 
simply saying, hey, we bought Coke last year. Woohoo, you know, big deal. Uh, so that's number one. And I, I think it's actually more of a contender than I, I really thought it was going to be when I was looking at this. And I, I kind of feel like the tech names normally, if I put them up against a, a you know, consumer staple or a, a REIT, uh, I mean, it's really never even a contest. It's just everyone goes to vote for the, the tech name. So definitely take a look at uh, your other options out there simply before clicking a tech name this week. Uh, number two, uh, this one goes out to, to Dave Willett out there. He, uh, he's been pushing me to look at Carnival Cruise Lines. And he definitely has some insight when it comes to what names have a lot of momentum. Uh, this one, I man, I've, I've told you guys for a while, I really wasn't chasing any of these cruise names. I really wasn't going after any of the um, the airline names. But uh, Carnival kind of keeps moving higher, right? They've just got this momentum that uh, they are at a high for the year. They uh, were at $6.11 on October 11th last year, and now we are at $19.30, right? So we've got more gains in Carnival than we do in nvidia and uh, i think that one is a quiet quiet winner that uh you know might not get any love i don't know that it's going to continue doing this the earnings uh, eps negative the the forecast is actually negative but everyone kind of continues to be wrong about the strength of the consumer and how many people are actually traveling and getting back to cruising right probably in the same regards of you know united health saying man, everyone really put off these surgeries and now we're going to, you know, get kicked. Uh, I think it's the same thing in Carnival, but now it's to the plus side for them, right? Everyone put off cruising and now, oh my gosh, we've got more demand than we thought we'd ever have, you know, two years later. So opposite problem for United Health uh, compared to the the great news for Carnival. So uh, CCL gets, gets the nod this week uh, just because, uh, you know, Dave Willett really is pushing me to uh, to look at this one. And, uh, you know, it's currently rated to buy by 22 analysts on Reuters. We've got um, six broker upgrades in the last 120 days. I don't think they can keep up with the uh, with the rise in the momentum of this name. So it is rated a 10 on recommendation changes. Uh, estimate revisions, a six. Uh, so the earnings indicators look pretty good. Uh, the price target is still a negative number. I don't think that people can keep up with this one, right? We've got uh, an average price target of sixteen eighty, and we're sitting at what? What I say, nineteen something, nineteen oh four as of Friday's close, and uh, yeah, that's about eleven point eight percent of downside. So, man, you you can't really look at uh, simply that price target because everyone is revising; they're going higher, right? We're getting more upgrades. And uh, simply the the amount of people that are cruising, I think it's going to surprise when they report earnings. Uh, and when do they report earnings? That is going to be uh, on September 28th. So we've got some time. We'll see how the summer went for them. Uh, ultimately, I think this one kind of keeps trending higher as more uh, you know trips are, are planned and more people come back and they're they're not sick or we don't have to quarantine or all those other problems I was worried about. Uh, going long on a name like Carnival. So I do think that this could be certainly a trading stock. Uh, a lot of people, you know, moving shares of this name back and forth. And uh, I definitely think it will cool down. But uh, I think in that short term, we've got a lot of momentum, uh, you know, at our side. And it could certainly, you know, move up nicely. Uh, so that is uh, number two, CCL, Carnival Cruise Lines. 
Uh, I said I wasn't looking at these names, but uh, hey, I mean, the numbers don't lie when it's outperforming some of the biggest names in the market, uh, simply for the fact that people are getting back to cruising. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Dave, for that uh, recommendation. I probably should have listened to you about six months ago and we would have had a, a nice uh, triple digit gainer on our hands. But uh, hey, better late than never, I guess. So uh, that is number two. And where are we going for number three? We've got uh, I'm going to save that one for last, because if I put it uh, third, people are going to vote for it. So number three is going to be Overstock, O-S-T-K. And uh, if you did not listen last time, Overstock bought Bed Bath & Beyond. They at least bought the name. So they're trying to get out of this uh, this mindset of being a liquidator of all types of goods. Uh, they went from that liquidation model. The Overstock name really fit them. And then they kind of got into some home goods and uh, the name started not working for them. So now that they are uh, still going to be a liquidator, they're still going to be getting uh, you know, a lot of different items on sales. People are still going to be surprised by the prices is what their CEO said. They do think that the Bed Bath & Beyond name better fits them. So uh, they want to kind of revitalize that business, do a little bit more of their model, uh, have, uh, you know, some of that notoriety of having a name that is established. People understand that name more than Overstock. If you're trying to buy a dresser, you don't necessarily think, hey, let me go to Overstock. Do you think, you know, discounted goods, TJ Maxx or or Marshalls or Ross. That's kind of uh, where I've always positioned that name in my head. And now that they have a different branding, uh, a lot of people are saying, hey, this one is going to be a buy. Uh, so we are sitting at $29.77. Uh, $29 uh, is a negative EPS at uh, minus $1.29. But uh, when it comes to the upside on this name, this one uh, might uh, actually surprise us. And I, I think some of these numbers are certainly, um, you know, looking at it uh, over the past five years, negative returns of uh, minus 20%. But uh, I'm looking at the path going forward. So that number, the 12 month, 12 month price target average from six analysts is $38.70. So that is 31% higher, call it 32% higher, 31.8 uh, from here. And uh, I think as they start kind of shifting this business and getting into a different name, a different uh, mindset, I definitely think they're going to attract more customers. You're going to probably have some more people buying in simply because of the the battleground that was Bed Bath & Beyond stock. And uh, I do think that we're going to start turning things around. They do have negative annual revenue right now. They are minus 16% for 2023. But that number will shrink to only minus 7% by the end of 2024. So that is going in the right direction, although it is in the red right now. So, man, this is certainly going to be a turnaround story. Can they do it? I think they've definitely got uh, you know the, the right mindset as to adopting another business uh, name. Uh, they're certainly going to have some of that, uh, you know, growth from people looking to save on, uh, you know, liquidated items for their home right now. I definitely think that, you know, there's definitely going to be that class that is looking at RH, the restoration hardware, high end. But uh, I think there's going to be more of a majority looking to buy great items at discounted prices. So uh, I'm definitely curious to see what happens here. Uh, we could certainly be in at that ground level of a revitalization of that Bed Bath & Beyond name. Uh, now that Overstock is buying that name, rights to the name, and really see where they go from here. So, thirty-two percent of upside, and uh, you know, uh, definitely a change in 
and mindset over there is uh, putting this one on the list for week 29. Now, number four is going to be ADP, right? Uh, I said this one, man, I don't even know when I said it. I have a list on the bottom of my cheat sheet here saying ADP and Costco. So I was looking at both of those this week. Costco's numbers were, uh, man, flat or down over the past uh, two months, I believe. I think the uh, non-discretionary numbers were good. I think they said some of their sales was declining due to gas prices coming down. Uh, a couple people are just saying, hey, that's uh, that's just a bunch of... Uh, story here that we're we're getting sold. But um uh, I definitely thought Costco might be a good name to buy. I'm I'm still looking at this one long term. Um we do have a, a bit of a, a trade off from some of the peak here. And uh, I think it could be a good name to buy, but uh it's not for this week. So I'm looking at ADP. Now ADP is going to be the data processing or automatic data processing for a lot of paychecks, right? So when we're looking at this one, they are trading closer to their lows and their highs. They were around 275 in December. Uh, now they're sitting at uh, 223 on the day. So we're up about 2%. And uh, I think a lot of that is because of some of the, the payroll news that came out just last week. Uh, private sector hiring was accelerated in June. And um, we were looking for 267,000 jobs in May, uh, ADP said. And uh, that came in at 497,000. So, uh, and Wall Street Journal expected private employment to rise by only 220,000. Uh, so, yes, this, uh, this number definitely surprised. We did not think that these numbers were going to come in so strong. Uh, but the more people that are getting jobs means more people are getting paychecks, means ADP is making more money. Uh, so, I think with some of these guides from the, uh, from the last quarter, we actually thought that ADP was going to be going down in revenue, but uh, a lot of those numbers look skewed at this point, right? So uh, they traded down on what we thought was going to be a slowing in the economy, slowing with recession signs, inverted yield curves, uh, you know, just a lot of different things that are out there. But I think everyone is really kind of hunkering down and knowing that we need employment right now with the rise of everything that you are buying. Uh, I think a lot of people are back to work. A lot of that uh, government funding has slowed down. And uh, yeah, I think we've, we've got uh, unemployment down to about, what, 3.6%. Man, there's there's just a lot of things that are pushing people back to work. Uh, and small and medium-sized businesses were actually the ones adding the jobs. Uh, small businesses were added about 299,000 jobs. Medium-sized businesses was 183,000 jobs, while large businesses logged a reduction of 8,000 jobs. So it's definitely uh, geared toward those smaller uh, size businesses, which is uh, very interesting to see that uh, a lot of these big companies are really doing a lot of layoffs. We, we saw the ones that were doing all these layoffs, all the rounds that they were doing uh, throughout the spring. And uh, we definitely were watching that. But um, it's definitely uh, nice to see that we do have some some growth here in the uh, the jobs sector uh, throughout the US anyhow. So when I'm looking at Reuters, uh, this one is rated a hold. Uh, we've got a five-year return of about 63% to the to the upside. Uh, we've got um, one downgrade in the last 120 days, no uh, upgrades. We've got uh, only about 5.6% of uh, price target upside, according to 17 analysts. But uh, I think this is purely a me looking at this one that some of these numbers just don't make sense. 
Uh, we really outperformed in the first quarter. The EPS for uh, the quarter in March came in much higher than we thought it was going to be, uh, $2.52 of earnings. And now they are still saying that for uh, this quarter that we're going to be at $1.83. And uh, I don't think that is going to come in that low. I think we're going to surprise and move to the upside on this one with all these jobs being added. So I'm looking at this one before uh, to, to really kind of have a turnaround play here. That That's kind of my thought. We've also got annual revenue growing for 23, about 8.6%. For 24, about 15%. So uh, I, I definitely see that revenue is coming up. We've got the jobs data kind of backing this one up. We also had uh, a lot of predictions saying that we were going to be going down this quarter due to the fact of slowing uh, job growth, slowing employment. And that doesn't look to be like the, the situation that is actually unfolding. Uh, dividend growth. Now, this one's really nice. We got 16.2% of dividend growth uh, as of that March quarter over the last year. So they are looking to pay out more in the way of dividends. That dividend payout ratio is getting a little bit high at 61.2%. Uh, normally, I look to stay under 60%, but uh, 61 is an end of the world. Their margins are pretty solid at 18.5% when it comes to net margins. So uh, yeah, and they actually had revenue growth of about 9.7% over the past year as well. So uh, I definitely think that this one has some room to move up. We are at a 14% discount on trailing PE, a 12% discount on forward PE. And I think those earnings are going to come in stronger than what is forecasted. So uh, that could be wrong. We will uh, see when those numbers actually come out. But uh, that is my two cents on ADP and why I think it could be a good contender for number four for week 29. Now, number five, the one I said that... Uh, is ultimately probably going to get the votes if I put it at the top of the list, and that name is Meta. Oh man, Meta! Let's uh, let's dive into this one. We were looking, you know, end of last year as to what was going on with this one. Back, uh, man, this one even ten thirty one to twenty two was ninety one dollars, ninety one dollars, and now we are sitting at two hundred and ninety. So why in the world am I looking to buy it after a you know a a triple. And uh, man, well, we've got uh, the Threads platform coming out. That is a big driver as to what I'm seeing uh, for this stock right now. And uh, definitely uh, the, the amount of time that it took them to get 100 million users on this platform is just absolutely mind-blowing, right? Even ChatGPT, that took two months and everyone was like, man, that is, that's insane that uh, you know ChatGPT had that kind of growth in only two months because TikTok, it took them nine months. Instagram, it took them two and a half years. Snapchat, four years. YouTube, four years. Facebook to get those numbers was four and a half years. Threads, 4.5 days to get 100 million users. You got to think that they're going to be monetizing this thing. You got to think that they're looking for any way to to gain some uh, some advertising dollars, some uh, promotion, some some different stuff here to make this thing make money for them. I'm definitely interested to see where it goes. I'm not on it yet. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. I never have been. But uh, the fact that 100 million people are already on it within four and a half days is just staggering. So uh, I think some of these numbers might not be showing up in this next uh, 
uh, earnings report here, but I do believe that this is going to be another major growth driver for the meta platforms or Facebook company as we move forward, right? So we've got, uh, what do we got here? We're sitting around 291. Uh, the Trefis model shows a that we're about 21.5% overvalued. But when I go to Reuters, what do they say? They are saying it's a buy, five-year return of about 43%. We've got uh, eight broker upgrades in the last 120 days. We've got a uh, pretty much flat price target. Uh, we are right overvalued as far as what the 12-month price target is. Uh, and that, that 12-month is right at 290. Uh, there is a high target of 380. And someone's saying this thing is only worth 100, which I do not see that. Uh, that's why I was looking to buy more when it was under 100. I think we were talking about that one pretty heavily last fall. And that's a, a based on 49 different analysts. We've got uh, earnings per share. 22 was a you know pretty big decline here for, for the uh, Facebook or Meta company. But uh, for 23, we are moving up nicely when it comes to earnings. Um, going from about $8.59 in 2022 to an average of 11 73 and 23 and then $14.63 for 24 on an average basis. Uh, revenues for 23 up 8.6%. By the end of 24, 20.4% uh, revenue growth for Meta. Uh, so uh, it does show that we are overvalued on a trailing PE, slight discount on forward PE, 2% discount on forward, 44% premium on trailing. But uh, I do believe that these earnings are going to come in light as they start monetizing this uh, Threads platform. And ultimately, we will see where that one goes. But that is going to be the growth, growth driver that I am looking at uh, when I am really looking to add uh, the Meta platform stock to our, our uh, Let It Grow Investing uh, portfolio for week 29. And I, I looked at this one. I don't think we have any Meta, which kind of blew my mind. Uh, I know at sometimes people were really reluctant to get into this name. There was a lot of uh, fear around what the metaverse was, and I think that's why it got down to twenty-one or to ninety-one. And uh, man, we probably should have been buying it there, but um, it doesn't look like we actually have any of that. Uh, no, we go from McDonald's to MGM. We've got both of those. McDonald's returning about sixteen percent for us so far, and MGM actually up twenty percent for us so far. Uh, so those two are performing nicely. Uh, maybe we could add Meta in there and see that one grow as well. So that's the five I got for you guys. We've got Coca-Cola. We bought it this time last year. It uh, looks to be a solid stock that has got a good amount of upside and a 3% dividend yield. We're looking at Carnival Cruise Lines for that momentum play, right? I believe this is purely a momentum Everyone's getting back out there and cruising the world. Uh, I think that one is uh, going to continue to run up through the summer. We've got uh, Overstock for the fact that they are buying Bed Bath & Beyond. I thought that could be a great name to see where this one goes and how they turn it around. ADP, we're looking at that for the, the standpoint that they are um, kind of you know sandbagging what the, the earnings numbers might potentially be or maybe not sandbagging, but the fact that uh, we were looking at the, the economy to start shrinking, but we continue to add jobs and the unemployment rate is low. That should work wonders for ADP. And we've got Meta, number five. 
uh, for the fact that we are looking at uh, the fastest social media platform or fastest growing social media platform, 100 million users in only four and a half days. So yeah, that's the five I got. That's why I'm looking at them. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on them. If you got some stocks that you want me to take a look at and give uh, my two cents as to what uh, they could potentially do going forward, feel free to throw them out. I certainly had a long list here of names that we did not use. Uh, I will continue to watch those. I was looking at uh, other names for this week. We're going to potentially be Devon Energy, Kava Foods, uh, Costco, MasterCard, Visa. I will uh, definitely put a pin in those. I'm going to take a look at those in the weeks coming forward and see where we can go with this thing. So thank you guys for stopping by. Thanks for listening to me ramble on about uh, some different stocks that I think could be good winners for us going forward. Uh, again, not financial advice, just uh, what I am seeing out there and the reasons why I think I might want to add these to my individual portfolio. So thank you for stopping by. I will catch you in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.